1: A superb goal by Hollow. Tabled it sharing Sheringham. The Berbatov does cross
0: it back. And to follow all the way. It could only be Sami Danny Rose on his
1: Premier League debut, and it's Gareth Bale's night once again. Stoppage time.
0: Yeah.
2: Hello guys and welcome back to the last one on Spurs where hopefully we'll be providing you with some therapy on the back of that galling defeat to Wolves in the Premier League and looking ahead to Cardiff to come, an opportunity for Spurs to bounce back pretty much straight away. Helping me do that, delighted to have joining me on the show Jason McGovern, alongside myself and Jason, pleased to have Ian Gunn, a regular back on the show and alongside Ian and Jason, we're pleased to have Jamie back from the Daily Hotspur. Hopefully, the show provides just the therapy you need. Enjoy it. So, Jace, over to you first. We We're recording 24 hours on, so maybe we've had a bit of time to calm down. What a woeful thing like, on our performance, Jace, when you look at the back of that Wolves game. I mean, for me, it didn't create anywhere near enough to kill the game off, and some of our passing was dreadful, simply not good enough. And I think the fact of the matter is, Jace, you know, if you do want to challenge for the league, which we obviously try and go for you have to win those kind of games don't you against wolves
1: well it definitely was uh, was a really disappointing disappointing afternoon was it once you've gone 1-0 up and first half actually looks in pretty much control and i thought first 10 minutes of second half we looked like we were going to push for the second goal even if we we didn't have the effort on target the momentum of the game still seemed to be our way but but from you know 55 60 minutes in it, it, it totally switched and we We just didn't respond in in the way we had to do. And um, it was was a very disappointing afternoon. And and you're right, every team, even the team that wins the league, will drop sloppy points. But but, uh, I know what you mean by that's the type of game you have to win.
2: I mean, Ian, let me come around to you. We just seemed to, in that second half, especially admire Kane's first-half goal as a team and didn't do much from then on. I mean, the passing was particularly awful in both halves of the pitch. Can you understand a tale of two halves? Because Spurs in that first half, here, you know, we dominated proceedings. We we're unlucky not to be more than one go up. I mean, I know there was a couple of penalty shouts. Also, you could argue that Spurs could have had a couple, but I mean, the second half performance, in we just went off the boil. How do you explain that second half?
3: I think, I think fatigue caught up with us. You know, I, again, the TV schedules have not exactly been kind to us um, over the, over the, uh, over the over the Christmas period, um, I think that Pochettino said it, and he. he I think he, I think, you know, from from reading between the lines, I think he thought that, you know, we 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 just had settled for a one nil, and and um, we become a little bit complacent, and we allowed our heart to rule our heads, you know, and and you know, and, and not play the game that we uh, that he probably sent us out to play. Um, I have to have to take, I have to say that. Uh, Credit to Wolves. Mm, they, I think definitely. that um, I think that for the for, for at least forty-five minutes they were the best team I've seen in a, in a half of football. You know, next to probably Man City. So you know, for, you know, fair fair play to them. And they did they did a real good job on us. They they man marked Son out of the game and and they forced us to go long. Um, and then we our, our passing game just went astray. So um, I think, it, as, as Jason said, I think it was coming. I just, don't, just don't get all the, all the Ferrari over it that, um, that we that we let in three against Wolves and it's a disaster, and and Man City let in three against Crystal Palace at home and, you know, and and they're still, you know, they're still seen as title challengers, but we've bottled it apparently. So um, happy days. That's that's the way it goes, I suppose. Well, that's the
2: anti-media against Spurs, isn't
1: it? I think. Can I just say in general? When, when you think back to that Burnley game, what it does show is, even for teams outside the top six, you don't have to go and park the bus and make it a negative, sterile game. You know, we, we hear this, that you can't expect these teams to come to Wembley and try and play football. But, but, you know, Bournemouth tried to come and play football and actually had chances. All right, I know it sounds crazy, they lost 5-0, but you could switch that the other way round. And Wolves come and they scored three. And so, you know, let's hope the Burnleys and the Crystal Palaces and things just just do take a look and think do you know what if you do try and attack some of these teams you will get chances
2: i think you made a good point there Jace, just on walls and Ian made it in general you know you have to give them credit for their performances against the top 6 this season they got a draw against city a 1-1 away at united 1-1 away at arsenal chelsea they beat at home 2-1 liverpool you know lost 2-0 but and the spurs 3-1 away i mean that's you know it's two wins one draw And, you know, you've got to say overall, you know, the manager there, Nuno Santos, has done an incredible job of stifling the best teams in the league. They deserve so much credit. But, Jamie, I want to bring it back round to you because Spurs we gave away possession 109 times against Wolves through misplaced passes and dispossessions and failed to register a single attempt at goal or create a single big chance in that second half against Wolves. Do you think, like the chaps have said there, maybe fatigue has caught up with the team a little bit because we're a lot of games, as we know, we have the least amount of recovery time in the whole Premier League. Do you think of just one game too far, Jay?
4: Yeah, for me yeah, I was gonna say exactly the same, to be honest. I feel as though it was fatigue that um was probably the biggest issue for us yesterday. Um maybe a few other issues might have been we we underestimated Wolves, as we've just said, they're a fantastic side. Um of course there was the pressure of trying to Trying to close the gap on Liverpool as well, so maybe those were two other factors. But for me, yesterday just felt very similar to to the Arsenal game where where we lost at the Emirates. Um, it kind of felt maybe a step too far in in the number of games that we played over the Christmas period. I think obviously, you know, we we had two fantastic performances against Inter and Chelsea, the same uh, against Bournemouth and Everton, and uh, yesterday we just weren't able to go for that extra uh, that extra third game and um, yeah, it really told yesterday, and I feel as though yeah, for for me it was fatigue, and um, of course I think look, our, our, you could say that obviously it's the same for for most teams that um, obviously Wolves have had their squad uh, are going to suffer fatigue from playing so many games over the Christmas period, but of course I think really, you know that our squad's really been tested over the whole course of the whole season. I mean, you look at Sissoko starting all of the last uh, starting. Mm. Um, 12 times at the last 13 games, so it really shows that our squad's really been stretched over the course of the whole season, so I think that, for me, it did come down to fatigue in the end.
2: OK, well, mean, Jace, come around to you for a bit of perspective also, we have to bear in mind over this festive period, we've taken 15 points out of 18 overall, into a knockout stage of the Champions League, beat Arsenal in the League Cup and still have an FA Cup run to come to. I think... As much as I say that that defeat does hurt to Wolves, but when you put all that into perspective, there's still so much to play for. And I think, like Jamie just said there, you know, Man City, you know, they lost at home to Crystal Palace, and it just seems the reaction on social media to when Spurs do it, it seems to go completely overboard, doesn't it?
1: No, it is, and you know, don't get me wrong. We all want more. We, we we want to be top of the league, of course we do. You know, and we're not saying you settle for what you've got, and of course you keep pushing. But if you'd have said on. Match day one, when we kicked off at Newcastle, we'll be in the knockout rounds of Champions League. We'll be into the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. We'll be on exactly the same number of wins this season as Manchester City. And we'll be just two points behind them. When the challenge is to close the gap on Manchester City, which is what everyone said at the start of the season, you'd think, well, you know, you'd, you'd bite your hands off for that position. And the the strange thing is, even with the issue of signings, if we'd signed three players... And was in the quarterfinals, of, uh, the semifinals of Carling Cup, and the the Champions League knockout rounds, and two points within City. We'd say we'd have been having a brilliant season. So that that's that's it, isn't it? It's it's just just the perception that you have from it. And okay, it, it's it's a bad loss to Wolves, but as, as as I think as Ian has just said, you know, Manchester City will be sitting there thinking, how the hell did we lose at home to Crystal Palace? And, you know, Manchester United are sitting there thinking, how did we lose this game? And Arsenal are sitting there thinking, how did we lose that game? And, and Chelsea have had a, a stupid loss along the way. All the teams will suffer stupid losses that, that unfortunately, it's part of football. That's, that's what happens. So, you know, it's important not to go completely over the top and into knee-jerk and this player's not good enough and get rid of him and get rid of him and, and have this complete root and branch investigation because we've lost a game to Wolves. We've won fifteen of our first twenty games. It's you know, we're sitting there with more points at this stage than we've ever had. So of course you want more, but Jesus Christ, we're in a far better position than any of us probably thought we would be at this stage of the season.
2: I've got to say guys, we've had a load of listener questions coming, over fifty of them, so I can't thank you enough for all of them and we're gonna try and cover as many as we can. So Jason wanna stick with you. Jeff Knight at JKVT says since November, Liverpool have played thirteen games, Spurs have played fourteen. Watching Spurs' game against Wolves, it looked like they turned off in the second half. While Liverpool kept wanting more. I assume he means against Arsenal. How do we cultivate that attitude, Jace?
1: Well, I mean, Liverpool are playing; they're playing full of confidence and things. But it's—I don't know how you, you 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 get that attitude. You know, give give Liverpool a little bit of credit as well. But you know, there's 19 teams that are are struggling to catch Liverpool, isn't there? And, you know, Manchester City at the moment we're thinking, how the hell can we match Liverpool's intensity? And and you know, Chelsea and Arsenal will be thinking the same. It's it's not just a simple thing of you just click your fingers and do it. Um you know, Liverpool have perhaps been a little bit fortunate that that they haven't had the same degree of problems that we have with squads and things. Uh, it's worth saying that despite their their so called brilliant squad, you know, they've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup. They're yeah, not in it. We we still are. Yeah, You know, they lost three of their Champions League games. They qualified from a group, having I mean, lost to every single team in the group. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've got to throw it at the board. They were fantastic against us at Wembley. They're playing with a real intensity that I think, I think Anfield drives you on to do. I tell you what, Anfield, uh, when Wolves scored their second goal last night, would not have all been running for a train, that's for sure. <laughs> Anfield would have been sticking with it and sucking the ball into the net rather than than saying, oh, I can't be asked to watch the rest of this and, and, and going back for, a, for this mythical train. But, you know, Liverpool as a whole are united as a club. Mm. And perhaps that's that, that energy that being united as a club that, in fairness, we had in that last season at Tottenham.
2: Spawn. You yeah. know,
1: when every home game was, was massive intensity despite tiredness, wasn't it? We had all that emotion going for us. And perhaps Liverpool are a little bit of feeding off of that at the moment. And the fans play a big part of that.
2: They do indeed. Ian, I want to come round to you. This is from Debstar, djl 3 regular It's Now Debstar, I hope you well. Debster says, Ian, it seems every time there's an opportunity to close the gap at the top, the team just implodes. Yes, we've had a great Christmas apart from Walls, but why has KWP started on the bench when he had three assists in the previous game? Davis, Trippiat and Hugo were also poor. You got a response to that, Ian?
3: Um, I must admit, I asked the same question yesterday. Um, <laughs> About about why didn't KWP start? I understand that there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, rotation needed, and we all said that they were that, that that their fatigue played a part. But I'd have thought that you know KWP coming off the back of a of a man of the match performance um, and um, you know shoring up that right wing, I think it would have been all right. Out the other part of the question about imploding. Um, I hate to use this word. It's it. You know, it, it is sometimes. You know that 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 word Spursy is used. Um, I, I think that we're a, a lot better outfit now. You know, I've I've been to Everton before, and we've been one nil up going into the last sort of the last sort of minute, and we've lost the game two one, and that's that. And that's real Spursy. I think that again, we've just got to put this down to a to a, to a, to a bad day at the office. Um, and and I'm and I'm fully expecting a, a a massive response against Cardiff. I think that that you know I think that the team would have been hurt by that result. And as I said, that, that, that as Jason has, has said about the, you know when when we went two one down, I've never seen such a well executed fire drill as I'd seen in in, in in my entire time going to Tottenham. It was oh, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was utterly embarrassing. And anybody that said you know fuck you, Ian we were going for a train, then go for a train, all right? But leave your pick-a-mix and, and your fucking your popcorn behind because it's it embarrassing. It's really embarrassing.
2: If do you reckon, Ian, just to pick you up on that point, if that's at the new White Hart Lane, fans standing in their seat, is that an easy thing for me to say or is it yeah, just because and, of women?
3: And I, and, and, I think, and I think, like I said on the last pod, and I think that,
2: um, that anybody that's been there,
3: you know, like, like you, you've got Chris, Chris Cowlin on the, mm. on the, um, on the show and, and, you know, the new White Art Lane, Tottenham Hotspur, is is White Art Lane 2.0, yeah. And I think that it will encourage more of the season ticket holders to go. And 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 I hate to say this because I'm feeling a, a bit of a bit of a season ticket snob. It'll it'll maybe make less of the of the the sort of like the day trippers. You know, I had a family in front of me that every time I got up and. And, and started singing. They all looked at me like I was like, spouted two heads. <laughs> so it's, it's it's getting to the stage yeah. where we we have to we have to wish that when we're in the new White Art Lane that for God's sake anybody that goes to the ground please get behind the team, you know, because it, they feel it. And there was nothing. There was there, there was in, in the second half. There was I reckon I could count on one hand the amount of sort of chance that got going, and one of them was the old. Shelf side, part lane, sort of like backwards and forwards in halfway through the second half. But that was it. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get behind the team.
2: We do indeed. Dave Ellis says just on Wolves, and we've discussed about giving them credit. I think you have to. He says you have to give Wolves credit. Shut every bit of space down in the first. Sorry. He says you have to give Wolves credit. Shut every bit of space down in their half and drop deep. And we couldn't play through or over them. After scoring, we stopped going forward and went sideways, not potch's fault. The players on the pitch just ran out of ideas. These things happen. Jamie, I want to come round to you. As we've discussed, I think you've mentioned there about the fatigue. Gareth at GWLEGNDIT says, Was it one game too many? I think you've answered that al- already. But he also goes on to say, Sissoko and Winks ran out of legs, been classed recently in brackets both full backs ineffective going forward forget buying anyone could Potch maybe change up the formation dynamic of the team question mark in Potch we trust what do you think Jay
4: Um, I would I would say that that would probably change in the formation after it's been so successful um, would be would be pretty much a knee jerk reaction for mm. me yeah. Um, yeah look we've been so fantastic playing uh, you know we were fantastic against um, Everton and Bournemouth so why you know so for me it was just something it was just wrong on um against wolves so i look i think it was just it just at the end of the day it has just come down to one game too many i think changing the formation is not the right idea i think look for me i think the squad has probably gone as far as it, it is going to go i think it's a it's a squad that's probably that's not going to be built for challenging for the title i think it's a squad that that's certainly good enough to get in the top four, which, of course, would be just a fantastic achievement given that we were told before the season that we wouldn't be making it. But, um, look, for me, uh, changing the formation is a big no. Um, Maybe in-game he could have changed the formation. I feel as though we got swamped a bit in in central midfield. Um, So maybe adding another central midfielder during the game. But, um, no, I I think ultimately it's going to have fatigue.
2: Joe, I want to stick with you there, because you mentioned there about his options, central midfield... Do you think, Jamie, it was always going to be too much of an expectation to expect maximum performance from Winks and Sissoko being only our fit central midfielders over the Christmas period? I mean, we knew, I think before going into the start of the season, that Dembele and Wanyama, you know, they're both quite injury prone. Do you think that area, as we've discussed in the summer, we're not going to keep going back into it, but do you think, in hindsight, if you look at that area, we knew we were going to be really short? Should that have been the area at which we targeted and maybe tried our damnedest to get players in?
4: Um, I mean, obviously, it's difficult to, you know, obviously, it's nice having hindsight now, knowing that mm, that's nice been fan. our big, um, that's been our big issue this season. Um, look, I feel as though it was kind of, it did kind of feel as though it was going to fall apart. Those two, I, I kind of predicted that maybe Skip would come in for, for Winks. I thought, um, no, actually, sorry, I, I mean, uh, for a Sissoko. Um, just given the the fact that he's played so many games, he's play, you know, he, as I've mentioned, you know, he started twelve of the last thirteen mm. games. So okay. it was, it really just did feel that um, central midfield was becoming a bit unsustainable, and um, potentially that might be the area that we change against Cardiff.
2: Jace, you so want to come back around to yourself. I think what many are picking up on is that the lack of central midfielders, as we've mentioned, is a real issue. But Spurs badly need to bring on either Dembele, Dyer Wanyama. You know, if you look at it in that game against Wolves, has had to rely on and Sissoko a lot, as we've said. Does it look, Jason, like increasingly a bit of a mistake that he didn't make a change until the 77th minute against Bournemouth where we're 5-0 up? And he left both Winks and Soko on. Or again, in hindsight, is that easy to say? Do you think you could have managed that situation better? Because I've seen you on Twitter loads of times, Jace, that when we go three or four new up, you're the first one out there saying, bring Kane off, bring Ali off, bring Ericsson off. Should he have managed that game a bit better in terms of making changes over what we knew was going to be a busy Christmas period? As we've mentioned, Spurs have had the most games um, and had the least amount of recovery time.
1: Yeah, well, it's always easy with hindsight to, to change everything, isn't it? You know, I mean, as you said about Dembele, you even say Dembele and Wanyama in the summer. In hindsight, we should have done that. Mm. But I can remember seeing things in the summer. Why are we thinking of selling Dembele? And certainly, why are we thinking of selling Wanyama?
2: That's right, yeah. And the
1: same fans that are tweeting that then are now saying, why didn't we sell them? So, you know, of course, it's easy with, with the benefit of hindsight. We can all pick a, a brilliant team with the benefit of hindsight, can't we? But, of course, even then with hindsight, you, don't, you still don't know if there'd have been a difference in the result or performance. So... It's very difficult to say. I, I, I actually didn't think Moussa Sissoko looked that much leggy yesterday. I think, you know, we know that Moussa Sissoko's problem is that little bit of, of quality. But I, I thought, you know, it was still was second half. He was perhaps he was the one person that was trying to burst forward and and, and, and get into positions. But, um, you know, and Sonny was the only one really doing it in the first half, wasn't he? But, you know, you can always look to to change things. I think that the real difficulty is in this period, and its I think it's all every single team are trying to do it, you know, it's trying to manage all four games almost as, as one game, isn't
2: it? It's That's right, that's it. Know, you, yeah.
1: you, I mean, you know, I, I see a team that Bournemouth goes to Old Trafford tonight and Ryan Fraser's on the bench and things like that because they're trying to manage. And you feel like every single team's not quite picking the teams they'd really want to be playing with at the moment because they're just all trying to trying to get through games. It's, it's it's a strange strange scenario that you're in and it's definitely at this stage of the year an advantage for Liverpool to be playing four games in, what is it, you know, 15 days where yeah. we're playing four in eight days. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a massive difference. Absolutely massive difference. So, you know, you can always look to, to change things with hindsight, but, you know, when you're having to sit there and make the decision in the now, you don't have hindsight to help you. So, You'll always be shot for it, and yet when he gets it right, you know no, nobody, nobody will criticise it, will they? That's football.
2: I mean, Jason. Then just picking up, then you don't have any blame towards Pochettino for being at the time five and up against Bournemouth and leaving Winks and Soko on. You think it's one of those things?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm always the first to say Kane's got to go off. So you are, there, yeah. there's one of the, right. So you take him off. There's one of the two substitutions gone anyway, isn't it? Mm, yeah. You, you've got to make sure you leave one up your sleeve because you don't want to be playing the last ten minutes with ten men. No, of either. If, if you pick up an injury and you've made them all early, you've taken Kane, Sissoka, Winks off and, and Sonny gets injured. You think, Christ, we're now down to 10 men or if there's a defender. So, you know, Kane's always the first. I know. You're right. I'll shout, get Kane off now because I think he's the most valuable one. One or two people would say, get Ericsson off as well. So unfortunately, you only get three subs, not five.
2: Mm. I mean, I want to come back around to you, Ian. This is a question from LWS Tottenham Hotspur. He says, "Hi, last one on Spurs. Did the performance against Wolves show how far our expectation as fans has been raised in the last week or so, or has it merely confirmed how our lack of squad investment has and always will hold us back?" Thoughts on that, Ian?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think that that the level of expectation has risen exponentially over the last two or three years. I think that you know, if 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 you are if you're being honest with yourselves, you know I I go back to those positions where you were always, you know, lucky to to sort of like get to the in, into the top seven. You know, over the last three or four years, we've been a, we've been up in the top five. You know, and and that that's driven that. I think that you know Pochettino. If 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 we if we don't read between the lines and we just read into what he's saying. He obviously believed at the start of the season that the squad that he had was good enough, and there was going to be plans to bring in, uh, you know, some of the some of the youngsters, you know, like the skips of, of of this world. and And I think that I think that what what he couldn't legislate for, and I think everybody, every other team in the league would struggle, is without is with the injury list that we've picked up, you know. and And, and I think that 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 has been. Probably the cruelest cut of the lot, in that you know you you set out with 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 your plans for certain key individuals to 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 come in and come out at the, in, in different games, but those those key individuals aren't there. You know, I can remember being right in front of 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 Musa Sihoka, uh, Sorry, Moussa Dembélé when he got injured at Wolves, and that was a bad injury, mm-hmm. and you could see it was a bad injury because I was literally. I don't know ten yards away from it, yeah. and it was a bad injury. And I, and I just think that you know you cannot legislate for that. And if you can, and you know it's, it's Manchester City now, they've got they've got good players in 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 each different department. They've got two of each, apart from Fernandino, and Fernandino's out, and they've been struggling. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, you know you you are in a situation where, as, as Jason has said quite succinctly before and, and quite quite sagely before, is who do you get in? Mm. You know, who is there out there that you can bring in to strengthen the squad? You know, I see all sorts of names banded about, you know, where 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 people retweet stuff and, and and you look at it and you think, I don't know where where it's coming from. You know, where where are those people coming from? I don't know.
2: I mean I don't think January's gonna be the market for us. I just don't think the kind of players we need and listen, we've got quite some questions on it. I don't think the players that we need to improve this squad. I think Jay says this all the time, the kind of money that we need to spend now, because of how good the squad is, you know, I think the level of the players we're going to get, I don't think January is really a viable option for Tottenham. But listen, let's go back to the questions. We've had so many in, guys, to so thank you for, again for all the questions. Jamie, I want to come around to you. This is from Jim Bliss at Jim Bliss123. And he says, "Why did Pochettino send out an eleven out of shape and lookalikes for the second half instead of usual players? Not sure I ever saw an entire team's level drop like that after half time. Very strange and very disappointing after such a great run. I mean, Jamie, we discussed about the team. I don't think he's had much choice, has he? Bearing in mind the injuries he's had, I don't think he could do much more when it comes to rotating the team for this particular game.
4: Look, I mean." <laughs> I think when you when you can see an equaliser to Wolves and you kind of turn around to your bench and and you're looking at the likes of Nkudu, Skip and and well obviously Lucas a great player to bring mm. on, but the bench was obviously there's nothing to bring on. So obviously he's got. I think therein lies the problem that um, the squad just the squad just isn't quite good enough. I know we'll keep repeating it, but mm. um, I think it just was that case that we just we just didn't have a we just didn't have enough players to bring on. And in terms of I think in terms of investment, I think um, it's kind of, look, we, we obviously got very excited. Obviously, there was lots of title talk after, of course, the, yeah. after the Everton performance and the Bournemouth. We we're obviously fantastic. But, um, yeah, we obviously, I think, you know, I think we just maybe got ahead of ourselves slightly too much. <laughs> we showed that, um,
2: Jason tried oh, to calm us down a bit, didn't did he?
1: What message did I send you that night on the? WhatsApp?
2: You said whatever you do when you were called, do not <laughs> no, mention the title. Get ahead of yourself. But Jase, listen. But James, we're football fans. We all want to see the team win the league. We're, you know, we're up there. How can you not talk about it when you know had a great result against Everton? Now to put it into context, Rick, like yes. I say,
1: it's getting ahead of yourselves, and then there's shouting your mouths off about it. Yeah, but I don't think we we're know, sitting I, here. But I don't think here. we generally believe you know, we I, could win it I at that here. moment, Jase. But but I sit here and think, do you know what? I can see us winning the Carabao Cup. Mm. What I don't do is then tell the whole world for for half an hour just how how <laughs> we're going to do it and just yeah, the but... exact manner we're going to absolutely smash every team on the way to the final. There's there's a difference in it. Just uh, yeah, just, I see what
2: you, you're you, from.
1: you know what I mean? And of course, I a difference to, to you know, it's like the boxer that, you know the the boxer that completely trash talks and there's Anthony Joshua that just says. I'll give this bloke a bit of respect and then I'll knock seven bells out of him. It's mm. it's, there's the difference in the approach and you know, that that's the key that I think as a football club, as a whole, we still haven't learned uh, to manage our own expectations. And we are in a title race in terms of position. We're second in the league. So fantastic. But you think we're six points and with goal difference, effectively seven points behind the team that hasn't lost a game yet. So for me, we're, we're not in a race We're You know, we might have still have the track suit on waiting to get into the starting blocks. But we're, you know, we're not 50 metres down the track by any means, that's Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: Just to acknowledge the questions we've had, we've had so many from Anders Lang, Srias Rowe, Kenya Spurs, Anthony Johnson, Daryl Bradford, TSD, Sari, Paul, a.k.a. Paul, just on Potatino substitutions. I feel we've covered them. I think we've given that enough. I think, listen, it's a defeat. We're all hurting, as we naturally are, but we've got an important, you know, opportunity now to bounce back fairly quickly. against.
1: just going to say, on the substitutions, can we make one point? Go for it, Jason. What on on earth is the point of Unkudu?
2: Jared Ilya says, how shit must GKN be if he can't even get on the pitch when we're 3-1 down at home?
1: Yeah, I mean, you do sit there and think, you might as well have just had six subs. I mean, under what you do feel under what circumstances would Pochettino ever give give the bloke a game? No, I'm not saying Pochettino's wrong. He may all well look, like I've said, he may look at him and think, do you know what, you've not gone past Kieran Trippier once in 75 training sessions, so I know you're shit. <laughs> but in which case, what on earth is the point of him being on the bench? And, and you know, it's one you thought, come on, at 2-1 down, maybe just a bit of unpredictability might have have got something, but I just, well, what a complete waste of time that signing's been, hasn't it? And I think you said that he, it's taken him longer to have a medical than he's oh. had minutes on the pitch for his entire career. And I mean that's
2: just a joke. Unreal. A I joke. mean, unreal. Just going back to the team ahead of the game, we saw Dele Alli pass fit after a late fitness test. Ben Davis was recalled in place of Danny Rose, who was on the bench. Walker Peters, fourth... Mora and Skip were amongst the subs. Jamie, want to come back round to yourself? A screamer from Harry Kane as he cut inside from 25 yards to rifle Spurs in front. What's such a shame, Jay, is that the quality of that goal, it's not going to be talked about as it was if Spurs on to win that game. And what a strike it was.
4: No, I think, it, again, it shows how just how good this man is. I mean, mm. of course, it was on his weaker foot as well. He's now placed 21st for a right-footed player. He's now... Placed 21st in all-time Premier League oh. goal scorers with the left, with from using the left foot. So obviously it shows just how versatile and 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 what he's, how many strings he's got to his bow. So um, yeah, I mean it was obviously a, an amazing strike from Harry Kane, but um, yeah, unfortunately it just kind of all fell apart from there. Really,
2: mm. I mean Ian, he's been involved in 11 goals in his last 11 appearances for both club and country. I mean he gets labelled a tapping merchant, Ian, but that is that was some strike, wasn't it? And it's just gutting we can't speak about that. In going context of going on to record a win, because that goal deserves to be so much, you know, glorified rather than being in a defeat.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty sort of like long distance tap in, wasn't it? You know, when <laughs> when you look at it, you know, oh, and, dear. yeah, and it, and it was a, and it was a quality strike. There, there, there is no doubt about it. And it, and you know, on on the face of it, it, it was the it was the one highlight in in what ended up being an, a, a totally, you know. Awful game of football for us, really. You know, and and you know, going back to him, though, he is a he is he is a, a really you know quality player, and we've 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 waxed lyrical about him many times on this pod before. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's. It, I think we 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 should all we should all you know. You look at the at where he is in the all time scoring charts currently, and you look where he could go, and. Um, and I think old uh, Martin Chivers said it at half on 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 the a couple of days ago, you know, like, was it yesterday when 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 was the game? I'm this this Christmas yeah. period doing my well, We already trying to get yes. it already
2: is, yeah.
3: to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've forgotten it already. Um yeah, and he said it at time. He said he, he he and he's up there, you know, near, near Cliff Jones, not far away from 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 uh, Martin Chivers and you think to yourself, you know, we we're, we're actually living through this, mm. you know, and we we we're, we're actually living through a I a player who's still only 25, making history in front of our eyes, should be thankful. And of course, him getting the MBE is just a little icing on the cake for him as well. So,
1: good I on him. Saw, I saw the MBE described after that goal as master blaster extraordinaire. Oh, <laughs> it <was a> great <laughs>
2: finish! It was, it was a great finish. I mean, like I say in that first half, I mean, we dominated it. We were, you know, more than fair to go and won the break. Could have even been more. So let's turn our attentions then to the second half. Jace, coming to you to discuss the second half. I'm terrified. I've got to bring up Larice to you. So I don't know how you're going to be about this. But um, body levels for Walls with a header. Um, I think it's fair to say, Jace, that equaliser had been coming. Wool showed a lot more intent in the second half. I'm going to ask you the question I asked you the other week, Jace. Would Hugo Larice have been disappointed that he didn't keep the header out after getting a hand to it?
1: Uh, I think Hugo would have been very disappointed that a centre-half got a completely free header six yards in front of him. I think that, that's that's where you got to look at the first problem. Uh, could he have saved it? Mm, quite possibly, but should he have been facing a completely free header? You know, there's there's the man that we should pay whatever he wants. Starts off that corner alleg-
2: just to say, James, we allegedly believe that's the case. He wants to pay whatever he wants. We well, don't actually okay. know if he still wants the beer. Let's just be honest no, about that uh, as well.
1: No. Uh, in fairness, Rick, he may not want to But fans hmm. want him to pay Fans, Most fans want him to be paid whatever he wants
2: Out of virals you're referring to here, I- Jase Just to be clear, yeah. out of virals,
1: yeah and, and, you know, he's standing right next to Bolly At that corner And Bolly has a free header from six yards out The second goal um, He's right in front of the, the striker Who gets a shot that goes through his legs Because he's standing five yards off him So, you know the, Yes, Hugo can do better But Toby can do better. And as a team, I'm not Mm. trying to have a real dig here. No, 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 yeah. As a team, team, you can do better. All I've ever, my defence of Hugo is, and and the goal at Everton is a prime example. And when Gilfie goes around four defenders, perhaps we're looking at the wrong thing to say that Hugo should save it. Any one of those four defenders should stop it. And so, yes, Hugo can do better, but you can't blame Hugo for that goal when a bloke's got a free header six yards out. Okay. Interesting. Could I, could, I, could, I, could I just add, add a little bit Please, too, yeah. to what they just yeah. said as well? You look at the
3: third goal. Who is the player who is trying to track um, Costa back? Who is the player? It's not any of our defenders. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's Harry Winks who sprinted, you know, beyond our defenders to try and get to the ball. You know, and you know, it, it's very, very, very good. And you know, poor old Hugo, the ball goes past him. But you know, you look at it, he he, he didn't get much much support in that second half from the people in front of the, the, the immediate people in front of him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I agree with Jason, you know, there 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 are you know, you, you looked at the defence the defence as a unit, in that second half they were poor.
1: You and know, if you and go they, back and to Bournemouth if you go back to that Bournemouth game, Bournemouth had seven or eight really yes. good chances in that yeah, game. Hugo could. made a fantastic save just before half time. Again, was that from Charlie Daniels? Again, yeah. free header, five yards out. You know, yeah. so why are we gifting people five yards out, free headers? You've got to got yeah. look at the whole thing. I why, are we yeah. allowing, why allow crosses into the box? It's, it's defending as a whole team. And yes, Hugo can do better. But I think to dig your goalkeeper out for things that he could do. That, that Barcelona game, when he came charging out in the first minute, Hundred percent is Hugo's fault. I'll, I'll take I'll take that on the chin and say, yep, absolutely Hugo's fault. But I think some of the goals lately he could do better on. But similarly, he shouldn't even be having to make a save from those situations.
2: Right. Mm. Listen, right. we've had loads of questions on the It's only fair to ask the panel. Well, Jason, I think we've got your views on it. But Jamie, I think you've been quite adamant in your thinking that you know you would like to see maybe Gadaniga given more of an opportunity full time. This is from Leif at. Uh, Junabi Leif, who says, "I'm a fan of Laris, but Gazaniga's form this season has been sensational. He's unsurped form down to number three. Surely it's time for Poch to pick on form and drop Hugo and give Gazaniga a shot."
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's very difficult. I mean, look, I think I, I agree with Jason this time. I think um, defensively as a whole, we were we were pretty poor yesterday. I mean, I look at the back line and. I'd say that three of the four—Davinson Sanchez, Trigurin Trippier, and Ben Davis—just have, haven't been good enough recently. I think. Um, Do we have to uh, afford but,
2: Sanchez a little bit, Jay, only because he's just recently
4: coming back from yep, injury? Yep. Look, I, look. For, yeah, I think that's a point that I'll have to make, you know, emphasize. I think Davinson mm. Sanchez is going to be a fantastic defender. I think yeah. he's going to be world class one day. Obviously, he's still so young, 22, so he's got lots of time to learn. Um, the other, t- the two fallbacks, are just, I just don't think. Um, Going forward, are going to be good enough um, to answer the question. I think. I think Azuniga's deserved deserved the shot. I think. I. I, I think what Lloris is one of the best keepers in the world, but mm. I think he has made a huge amount of mistakes, a large amount of mistakes recently. Um, I don't think he should be prone to to, to not being criticised. But um, look, for me, I think going forward, Lloris Loris is going to be the answer. And I think yesterday that was just a collective poor poor defensive display i think Laurie certainly could have done a lot better on on maybe two of the goals the first goal and the second goal certainly the second goal uh he could have done a lot better on but um yeah i, I think Gazaniga Gazaniga potentially has deserved his chance to be the number one but um in all tr- in all fairness, I do think that Loris is the answer going forward.
2: And Ian, just coming around to you, we had a question from Darren at Darren one eight five six five two zero three. And again, we have to emphasise the point that we put the question thread out just after the game. So therefore, some of the questions we get, you would argue, are more in heat at the moment. He says, Ian, coming around to you, Loris is an accident waiting to happen, who's cost us so many times this season. So when is Hugo going to be sold, or when will he be dropped? Now, just before I come to you for your opinion, Ian, I want to say from my perspective, look. I love Hugo Lloris. I still think, for me, he's at a higher level than Pala Gazaniga. I think Gazaniga has the potential to be the Spurs number one, but I think at the moment I would still stick with Lloris overall. I think his experience—you know he's saved us still so many times this season. That's not to say he hasn't cost us as well, but for me at the moment, I still think Lloris is number one. Ian, how would you react to that question? I
3: think it—it it, it probably was made in the heat. At the moment um, I've seen Hugo pull off some. Stupendous saves Mm. for us this season. (laughs) You know, this season. You know, you think, how the bloody hell did he get to that? Mm, He is a top, top goalkeeper. Doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't have two really good keepers in our squad. All right. Because Hugo might get injured. You know, he might get, like he was in the Champions League, he might get suspended. And then we have to call on Gazzamiga. I have to say that there are some I think Gazaniga was 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 quite fortunate in in the Carabao Cup game at at, at the Emirates where we where, where we dallied too long and you know it was one of those ones where I think he tried to clear it against the Bamiang and it could have gone anywhere it could have pinged you know That's it, not and yet. and and you think to yourself let let's not always just get on to people straight away you know but when, when it comes to when it comes to to my social media input to games I always give it twenty four hours because i I in probably no fit state mentally to 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 come up with anything sort of like honest and meaningful about the game as it was at the time and and sometimes we all have to take a step back and and, and think about what we are asking you know and, and for me I think we're keeping. Hugo in the team and and we'd only sort of like maybe drop him for 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 tactical reasons or if if we genuinely feel he need to break, and that's it
1: I just I think you know regardless of Hugo or gazaniga I think just the difference between a number one and a number two goalkeeper, I think your number one goalkeeper, every single goal you concede you you instantly look it doesn't matter if it's edison Allison bloody. uh. Begovic or whoever, you instantly, because it's your number one goalkeeper, look and think, could he have done better? And so you, you'll micro-analyze the performance of your number one goalkeeper. When your number two goalkeeper comes in, you kind of just think, I hope he doesn't do something stupid today. And that's how you look at your number two goalkeeper. Just, mm, just yep. be safe. Now, Ian's right. That the clearance in that at Arsenal could have gone anywhere. And it, you kind of feel that if Hugo kicks that, the, the luck that Hugo's having, it would have ended up in our net. The, the the day he made his debut, when he won man of the match, he came out in what the fifth minute and took a Palace player out. Could have easily been a penalty. Should have been a penalty. Could quite easily have been sent off for something like that. He's had a bit of luck well, from James, hasn't he? he? He's had a bit of luck
2: with him on every yeah, game I think it, he's played uh, for the he club. He had
1: that Christ yeah. turn, didn't he, against PSV where uh, <laughs> where we were chasing the game. So he's and you know, fine, he's got away with those those errors, but when he comes in, if If you bring him in as your number one, Uh we would suddenly be micro-analyzing everything about him rather than just thinking, don't do something stupid. And and that's the difference. Long-term, I think we do need to upgrade Hugo if we're going to play out from the back because his distribution is nowhere near good enough. And I think you've got to look for a today's game. I mean, I, who was the the Liverpool goalie yesterday? Pinged a ball out for that. Was it the fourth goal Liverpool scored? Allison. You can't ever see yep. Hugo doing that.
2: No. So, if yet. you're
1: going to play that type mm. of football, you do need a goalkeeper that suits that style of football. So, maybe that's where I'd say I'd, I'd accept Hugo having to to leave the club. But but I'm, I'm still a big Hugo fan right now at this moment in time. Mm.
2: Chaps, I mean, we have to say, just as a defensive unit, Jason, you mentioned it there, some of our sloppy passing during those three goals we conceded. I mean, that's just... We, we mentioned about the fatigue. I think that's also a big thing. We have to bear in mind we play played a lot of games, as we said, least amount of recovery. But some of the passing, Jason, that second half, it was so, so sloppy, completely off the ball, and that contributed to some of those goals we conceded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the third goal comes from a really lazy ball from Trippier. And you think, look, it's 2-1 it's down with, what was it, three minutes to go at that stage? You, the one thing that Kieran Trippier is brilliant at is crossing... You've got in yourself into a wide area. So why are you trying to play the ball inside? Have some courage, deliver across. If it gets cut out or it goes for a corner, the pressure stays on. But why are you trying to play a a sideways ball behind you when there's, you know, there's three minutes left. We're desperate for a goal. So, you know, that's what starts that goal, isn't it? And, you know, whoever's chasing back, it's just a really, it just summed up the, the sloppy nature of so much of that second half.
2: Mm. Jamie, coming over to you. I mean, I've maintained the point I said it on Twitter the other day that I just think the full-backs at the moment, and listen, Trippier and Davis, they've had some great games for Tottenham. You know, let's be honest about it. Trippier's come back from being a hero at the World Cup. He was magnificent. But I think for this Spurs side, I don't think either of them, for me, are good enough to be number one fullbacks. And listen, I mentioned Orier And again, I'll admit, Oria's not set the world a lot either. He's been, Gavis, he's been good. Danny Rose, I think I've said it before, I think he's got the potential to... You know, get to be get back to being his best in terms of being you know the left, the best left back in the Premier League. But I just think when you look at Davis and Trippier, for me, they don't offer you enough going forward. Do you, do you agree with that?
4: No, I think I think that's exactly. it I think they they are very limited when they're going forward. I think that's certainly the area, um, along with central midfield, that I'd like to most upgrade in the summer. It feels though, yeah, Ben Davis and Kieran Trippier just aren't good enough. I think. On, obviously, his World Cup performances, I think you've always got to be, you know, he put you and said, um, either before the tournament or after the tournament, you've got to be wary of, you know, that some players can go and have a fantastic World Cup. Mm. We've seen many players. I remember there was a, a Mexican goalkeeper just recently, Choa, who had an amazing tournament for Mexico and then, you know, he's never heard of again. He had a big, big move and then never heard of again, so... <laughs> You've got to be careful about judging players off tournaments. Um, I was very excited to see him. I personally, I jud- did judge him and thought, yeah, fantastic. He's going to be uh, great coming back. But no, um, yeah, I think that that's certainly the area that uh, we'll be looking to upgrade. I mean, I think I'll be throwing some names out again. I think likes of Ben Chilwell, left back would be good player, yeah. fantastic option. I think Wambasaka, uh a name that's been mentioned before on the podcast, I think it'd be a great option. But um, yeah, I think that's certainly certainly an area that we've got to look to upgrade in the summer.
2: Mm-hmm. Ian, do the full-backs worry you at the moment? I mean, the problem we have had is Rose and Oriar have both been injured, you know, when they've tried to get back, which means we haven't really had the fluency of seeing, you know, two full-backs for a consistent amount of time. Pochettino, as we know, loves to rotate them as well. What's your thoughts on Trippier and Davies? Are they good enough for us in the long term, do you think, Ian? Or is that an area like Jamie says, we have to try and look to upgrade in the future?
3: I, I, I agree with Jamie. I think I think we, we have to look to to upgrade them. What 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 got me on the, the the Wolves game was we, we, we said on the pod the before the game and when we were discussing the, uh, the 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 Bournemouth win. You know we we discussed on that about what we'd expect from Wolves. And you think to yourself, get close to the to the people that are playing out wide. And there was so many times that. I was was watching it, and you know, you know, from where I sit, you know, Jason knows where I sit because we, you know, we 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 bumped into each other a, a, a while ago. I think with Jamie as well, you know, and and it was like, it was like you could see what what was what was happening, and you think to yourself, get close to the man that's going to receive the ball, because the because the men that were receiving the ball were getting the opportunity to con to to control it with one touch, steady themselves with two. And then move on with a third, right? If I was always told when you played at fullback, I would give the person you're playing up against any time to control the ball because they can damage you. Yeah. And 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 I, and I just don't think that they are tactically good enough as fullbacks. I think Ben Davis, when we've seen him, you know, slotting against you know it's, it's by the side of Toby as a centre back, he's been brilliant. You can understand why they're playing for Wales, and and. He's a steady number two. Should you need to use him, you know. But I would, I would always go if the Danny Rose, his head was right and his body was right, you know. And 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 we had the the, the Danny Rose of, of of a couple of years ago. Then he's always my first, my first sort of like first choice left back. And 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 Aurea has war as as warmed. I've warmed to Aurea. <laughs> Um He's he's one of those people that. I think I said it on a pod a couple of, you know, last year, you know, that, you know, that somebody that can't throw a ball in was, was, <laughs> was, 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 was bad on my book. But hey-ho, he's, he, he's learned. Yeah, he's he, improved. previously. And he's learned. Yeah. And and, 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 and it was a real, did he get injured against Brighton? I think he, he did he, did he sort of like tweak himself and, well, I think it was the Brighton game away that, that I think he sort of like hobbled off of and, you know, it'd be good to get him back actually. I agree with you, Rick. I think it'd be good to get them two back and, and, and see where we go from from there.
2: Mm. We've not been blessed, have we? Go on, Jay. Sorry.
1: So, so I think just tactically as well. I think, You know, your fallback positions is also where you miss uh, an Eric Dyer or a genuinely fit Wanyama because, you know, the, the fullback's kind of getting a choice. Do I go wide and get really close to my man and leave this this bigger gap between me and my my same sided centre, if you like when I know my midfield player Winks and Sissoko, they're just not naturally gonna track their runner at the same, in the same way that Dyer or Wanyama would. And so if if that fullback knows if I go to that winger and leave this thirty, you know, twenty yard gap between me and the centre half, I know Wanyama or Dyer will plug it. It's a lot easier to go. But perhaps part of the reason they're frightened to go at the moment is because they think that twenty yard gap between me and for Tonga and on the other side between me and Toby will get exploited, and it's you know that's that's the whole thing about team shape and why I always say you've got to look at goals you can see as a whole team of people doing their jobs.
2: Correct. Overall, do so you feel for you? I mean, are those fullbacks good enough to keep Spurs you know alive in a lot of the competitions this season? Trippier and Davies are they, are they good enough over the course of a season for you?
1: I think three of them aren't good enough, and I think the other one is just not fit enough to be able to be counted on. Week in, week out. And that's that's the problem.
2: And that's Danny Rose, I'm assuming you're referring to there, yeah. Jess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's. we all know that that fantastic player. But even now, he's coming back. There's, there's signs of him getting mm. back there. But it's still not. He has one good game. And then he has quite a, an ordinary poor game. And you think, you know... You, I mean, Ben Davis has had to play, I don't know how many games he's played, but he's had to play four or five games in a row, hasn't he, at the moment? That's right. You think, if Ben, if ben Davis had been out injured, could Danny Rose have played five games in a row? Absolutely not. Well, he and played
2: four, Jace, at one point. Don't forget, Cut-Wizko, he was on his fourth game in a, in a row. Only, OK, that.
1: well, mm. you know, that's, that's the kind of runs we need. But he needs to play all four at a higher level. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Two at a high level, two at a low one. Mm. You know, so I think you know, it's still a problem going forward, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Listen, after the game, put says that his Spurs side will need to show greater consistency, energy and focus if they are like ever to seriously change for the title. He said the game was under control in the first half and maybe it was easier than we expected. In the second half, we started to maybe feel the game was over and when you feel that way, you play the wrong way. And I think, again, he's kind of referring to there the tiredness, the fatigue as we've spoken about. Just a really, really poor game. But the good opportunity is that we have a response to bounce back fairly quickly. we got Cardiff uh, away. They're currently at the moment 16th in the Premier League. They've just beaten Leicester away from home with a stoppage time winner. 1-5, drawn 13, lost 12. And Jace, just to stick with you, you said that you want to see teams that you know in that bottom half showing a bit more, I don't know, like you said there, a bit more energy to come to when they play Tottenham and want to take the game to us against Cardiff. What do you expect to see happen?
1: Oh, I expect dinosaur football from Warnock's teams. I expect you know, him to be telling his centre-half, whatever you do, make sure you leave something on Kane. And, mm. you know, we saw that ridiculous tackle on Lucas Moura at Wembley. Well, that's didn't it, isn't
2: we? it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> but, you know, what he should be saying is, look, we haven't got the same ability as Tottenham, but they're just on a flat loss. We've just had a fantastic win. We're at home. Tottenham, if you're ever going to have a chance to beat Tottenham, now's the time. So, you know, you should want to have a real go and, um, and, and get around Tottenham and 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 do the high energy pressing, get in, get in Tottenham's faces, but don't, don't kick Tottenham off the pitch. There's, a, there's a difference between playing physically to get in your faces and just pure filth of Warnock football, where you just try and kick people for the sake of kicking them. And, you know, he'll definitely tell his person, you get, get a reaction from Ali, leave your elbow into his ribs and things like that. And that's, that's unfortunately Neil Warnock-style football, isn't it? So, you know, I, I kind of I think I don't care what the result is. I just want 11 people to walk off the pitch without an injury against any Neil Warnock team. Mm. That, that to me is the best result you get against Warnock. Yeah. And you hope that in such agricultural type of, of presence to him that your bit of quality at some stage will will be enough to win the game.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Jamie coming around to you, what kind of game are we expecting? It's against a Neil Warnock type... It's against a Neil Warnock team. That's probably all you need me to say. Um, what are you expecting going into this game? Do you expect Spurs to bounce back? How do you see it?
4: Well, I think, obviously, they're going to be... The squad's going to be so hurt from, from obviously, such a shocking result against Wolves. Um, so, I'd like to hope there would be a, a big bounce back. But, of course, you know, we, we have been... We've been fantastic away this season. So, I think that that'll be interesting to see how we get on away from home um of course you know we've got Tranmere on the friday and then and then obviously a huge game against um Chelsea the following tuesday so we've got a bit of time to recover um i'm sure against tranmere will be a much weaker side but um yeah I, I guess one more big push for the team um over this christmas period uh, against cardiff so yeah i mean I, I i hope obviously obviously hoping for a win but um yeah i'm i'm sure it will be a big big performance from spurs but as we said, you know, Neil Warnock's sides are always going to be very difficult to to play against. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting game for Spurs.
2: Mm-hmm. Opportunity to bounce back, as I've said. Ian, coming round to you, what kind of game are you expecting against Cardiff? I mean, I don't think it's going to be easy. They're coming off the back of a win, so they'll be on a high. But this is a game that really, in you know, top performs the to their maximum. This is the perfect opportunity to get back to winning ways, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm, I'm predicting it's going to be you know, a, a difficult place to go. Um, you know, it'd be quite a partisan crowd. Um, they're they're a they're a fiery bunch. You know, the the Cardiff City fans. But um, you know, the, our fans will go there, and you know, they'll they'll be you know they'll be getting behind the team. That's for sure. And I think the team will respond with with the appropriate you know reaction. I think they'll ride the storm that that Jason has predicted from 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 a Neil Warner team. And, and and I'm just hopeful that, that, that our quality will show in the end and um, we'll get back to winning ways.
1: Fingers crossed. I guarantee, I, I guarantee if we go there and win, Neil Warnock will blame the referee for it, that's
2: for sure. <laughs> you can almost oh, go Yeah, that's definitely, like a, a, that's definitely on the uh, the betting tips already, Jason. isn't it? That one. Yeah,
1: it's just ridiculous. It doesn't matter it will be the referee blew his whistle and, you know blew it towards facing south rather than facing north and we didn't hear the whistle or something.
2: I mean, you know,
1: absolutely every time they lose it's totally the referee's fault. Never Neil Warnox, that's for sure.
2: No, that's it. Well come on, should we try and get some predictions then? Let's see if Spurs can get back to winning ways. Um Jamie, we'll start with you. We're gonna give us
4: Uh as I said, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tough game for us. Um I do think that we're gonna bounce back from it. I think that the players are really going to be fired up for this one, especially after Wolves um, as I said, we've been pretty good away from home this season. I think it will be close, so two-one Spurs.
2: Two-one Spurs. Ian,
3: we're going to give us. I, I, I'll, I'll go the same with Jamie. I, I was going to say two-one. In, in, you know, before you know, Jamie made his prediction. I'll stick. will stick with the two-one.
2: Okay, and over to you, Jace. I'll go three-one Tottenham, but
1: it will be hairy at times, and and Cardiff will get chances, but I just fancy our quality will we'll pick them off more than than they will to us.
2: Yeah, agree with that. I'm going to go for 2 on Spurs. I think like some of the chaps, Jamie and Ian have said, I think it will be tight, but I do see Spurs to edge it. Chaps, I'm springing this upon you now. This is our last show of 2018. So I think it's only right to say what our best moment has been of 2018 Spurs related. Now, I've got a couple. I'm going to go for the Chelsea win. And I'm also going to go, Which you can probably ask me which win. It's going to be the one at Wembley. I thought, you know, Son's goal was incredible. And also that Carabao Cup against Arsenal. Hopefully it's going to bring Pochettino's first trophy. Do we have any memories from 2018 we want to share? Favourite games? Should I go, who should I start with? Should I start with you, Jace? Favourite memory?
1: The favourite game would be, we'll always be beating them up down the road. <laughs> Absolutely. It could be a pre-season friendly and that would be my highlight. So, no, to beat them and... And Addy Cock in his ear, he's, he's, for me, is the game. Although, I can accept the fact that everyone else will probably think Chelsea was the best we've played.
2: Mm, this I think Chelsea tracks.
1: away as well. In fairness, Chelsea away, I think, I think made a huge difference to us winning that game at, at Chelsea away. I think that's a, a telling point and And that partly knocks them into to the Chelsea home game. So, that was a big part of getting into that top four last year, wasn't it? And finally ending that, that hoodoo. So, I think that was probably the most important win... But the most enjoyable win for me is is
2: dumping them at, at the Emirates. Yeah, and I can't forget the Man United win as well. This you know this kind of year of twenty eighteen as well. Wonderful win at Old Trafford. Jamie, give us your thoughts. What's been your favourite moment Spurs related twenty eighteen?
4: Yeah, obviously, obviously we just mentioned two fantastic derby derby wins, but for me, I'd say it was the one all draw at Barcelona. I think that's um, interesting.
2: Okay, yeah.
4: Obviously, you know, we, we obviously faced real difficult circumstances after, after the first three games and it re- kind of looked like we were out. You know, everyone was laughing at us that we'd pop all these posters um, saying that our new stadium was going to be the only place to watch uh, Champions League football and, of course, it looked like we were going out. Um, and, and, you know, whatever, whatever team you go and face at Barcelona, we saw how, how strong even their second team was or, or whatever you want to call that. Whatever we want to call the the side that they put out, but um, yeah, I thought it was a, a fantastic evening for Spurs.
2: Okay, thanks, for that Jamie and Ian. Final memory um, of twenty eighteen for uh, well, Spurs wise. I,
4: I was
3: gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think that the, 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 the Jamie and Jason have, have, have sort of like said mine. I'm Stole gonna go with a personal one. Yeah, go yeah. For but it. Right, I want to, I want to go with a personal one, right? The 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 six two win um, up at. Uh, up at um everton um it was 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 special for me because it, it made me feel proud and old all in the same thing it was the day that my son drove me to the football oh, was, and 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 and, and you know what it was um you know it, it was quite bizarre to be on the left hand side of the car going up to <laughs> going up to uh Going up to to to, to 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 Liverpool and not on the right hand side, so that that was a special moment for me, um, and the, and the result was was just the icing on the cake. So, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm going am gonna stick with that. Outside of what the boys have already said, you know, there, there, there's been some 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 really good ones, and, and being in the crowd at the, uh, at, the at the Death Star the other, the other the other week was um to to see us win two 0 was was a, was a special
1: moment for me. Rick, can I go as an individual moment? Go on, and I know and I know, Ian will love it. The Lamella penalty at Anfield. With, with <laughs> Klopp running from oh, now you're talking. Now you you're go. talking. Um, you know, that individual moment when we thought Kane had won the game and missed a penalty, and then Salah scored, let's be fair, an absolutely wonderful goal, which set Klopp on that run for the Mersey Ferry down the <laughs> tuck line, with, with, what is it, five seconds of time left. And then that moment that Van Dyke kicked Lamella and we got the penalty and took that, you know, that... Just that little minute passage of play as an individual moment of a minute in that year. Oh, that that was so enjoyable. And, and you know, here we are, tw- you know, what is it, 11 months later or 10 months later, and they're still moaning about it despite <laughs> Salah throwing himself to the floor. It's, it's incredible. So that as a, a minute for me was encapsulated the year.
2: Mm, there <laughs> would be something sweet now. If we could go on and, you know... Go for a title push, and I'm dreaming again. If we could go on a title push and pip them, God, the way they're going on the about the moment. You think they've won the league the way they're acting? There are a lot of points clear, but they're still catchable. I think.
1: Fair, Fair play, place. and they're playing really well. You know, they're playing, playing well. good
2: football as well. You know, mm.
1: They're not parking the bus on their way to, to how they're playing. They're playing some terrific football. I'm Watching them yesterday, you know that. That goal that Firmino scored with three Arsenal players on the floor was, was just a fantastic goal to watch as well, wasn't it? So, you know, fair play, and they absolutely murdered Arsenal yesterday. And and despite that, the fact that it, it put us nine points behind them, I, I certainly enjoyed watching them stuff them, that's for sure.
2: Mm. And the thing is, you thought Spurs defending was bad. Two hours later, you watch Arsenal, you actually not bad <laughs> after all, to be honest it wasn't it it was incredible we have to say guys also with it being the closing show of 2018 just a massive thank you to every single listener out there it's been an incredible year for the podcast we've hit tremendous strides top charts got ourselves on national radio and it can't have been down without all our loyal listeners out there so again we want to thank each and every one of you and wish you all a very healthy happy new year have a wonderful new year we'll be here with more last word on Spurs shows it just leaves me to say Jason thank you for being a wonderful long me for the year it's been a pleasure
1: Yep, absolute pleasure, and and wish all our listeners, as you say, a happy New Year. Have a have a good night on New Year's Eve, and those that are going down to Cardiff, don't, don't go down there with too many hangovers. Enjoy <laughs> South Wales on New Year's Day, like we did last year, hopefully.
2: Oh, Amen, Ian. Thank you for so much for coming back. On always a pleasure, and a happy New Year to yourself as well.
3: And to you, and, and to you and yours, mate. You know, I I I, I know that 2019 um, is going to be a special year for you oh, personally. Thank yeah, you. And, um, and, and good luck with it all. And um, you know, let, let's uh, let's 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 hope that, that it's a good good year for 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 Tottenham Hotspur as well. So oh, uh, And thank you for uh, for letting me uh, come on and, and 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 talk my. um usual range of stuff that um, I normally come out with so uh, appreciate the the opportunity mate
2: Obviously we love it Ian, one of our own and Jamie it's been a great year for us, we've managed to meet you've become a regular on the show, it's been great having you Jay and listen we look forward to many more with you to come on Love Sport and obviously on the podcast as well
4: No it's been an absolute pleasure coming a part of the podcast and um, obviously a very exciting year ahead for Spurs, obviously moving in uh, going back home to the lane so that's obviously going to be a really special year ahead for Spurs
2: With that, well, listen, guys, I said, have a healthy, happy new year, enjoy it. Let's out. we're talking about many, many Spurs wins and finally a trophy for Pochettino Spurs. Enjoy it and up the Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network,
0: step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family